All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's going on, y'all? So uh, we've all been a little busy the last couple weeks. We had uh, Labor Day come and go, and we want to share with you kind of the stuff we've been up to. So, Dozer, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Let's talk about your news, and then we'll segue into what's new. Okay. Or maybe I maybe have some what's new as well. But, but anyway, well, you you go first. So most recently, just Saturday night was the downtown cruise night for Effingham, which marks another year that Andrew Dial did not have the Falcon done. Unfortunately, yes. <clears throat> um, and the breaking news is the GTX made it to cruise night. Woo woo! So it was a long, long hard road. The last couple of weeks been working day and night. Obviously, did not get a podcast recorded last week because of that. Um, but that morning we did the Michael Dawsonbrock run and I put about 60 miles on the car and just a couple little, little things, um, overall super, super happy with everything. Well, do we want to like back up and like go from the, like Thursday night? I think, I think we need to go back farther than that. So two weeks ago, um, (laughs) I was still waiting on push rods. The push rods showed up. Dean got the motor buttoned up and uh, got it all painted up and went to Crossroads, picked it up in the bed of the truck, got it over. I think that was Saturday morning, early, uh, last week. Got it brought over to my house, and I was all ready to go. Had everything that I thought I had everything pretty much taken care of, uh, ended up replacing or that that we'll, we'll back up. So ended up having everything, what I thought was ready to go for the engine to go in and just a couple, just a little odds and ends that we were going to work through. So thankfully Amanda's dad, Gary came over on Saturday and helped me get the motor and transmission set in. We got the valve covers on it and I was kind of waiting on some guidance from the elders on what to do with accessories and wiring because it wasn't exactly right to begin with. So super long story short, Dean came over all week last week and helped me get it together. And every night he gave me a to-do list, get this done, get this done. And I knocked everything out. And, uh, Thursday night we, it was, it was fire up night and, we got it all together. Uh, we primed the fuel system, got the new carburetor on it, got everything wired and everything plumbed. And uh, we took the air conditioner pump off of the engine, and that's what was kind of holding us up. We had to do some creative readjustment of the accessories to get everything driven with only two belts instead of three. Dozer's equipment that uh, I'm glad he did not sell came in super handy because two different times I went out there and sandblasted and powder coated parts and just tried to make everything look good because when you have a 426 Hemi in your car, you want to pop the hood and show it off. And when I got the car, everything was kind of rusty and crusty and scratched and scraped up and just not, not good to pop the hood and look at. So with everything that I spent the extra money on and coating the headers and everything, I was pretty adamant to keep everything pretty clean when I went back together with it. That that was the main reason for 
holding on to that equipment and having that equipment is to work on stuff with my buddies. So it worked out perfect. I mean, you're out of my house a couple times, a couple hours at a time. And the one time we'd drink a bunch of beer and powder coated. The other time I decided to quit drinking. So, so he's sitting here sober as a, as a judge while yeah, I'm that's over why here these last couple episodes are terrible. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, doing it to try to lose weight. I'm down over 20 pounds. Good job. Good job. Since the beginning of July. So I've, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it hard, give it a good run for its money here. See where we end up. So, uh, then like just every little thing. So the radiator, I noticed when I was checking it out, had some corrosion on the bottom and it didn't leak when I took it out of the car. And I thought, well, I should probably take it over TRS and have them check it out, which shout out to them. They got it in Tuesday morning after Labor Day. And by Wednesday morning, they called me with the result that it was seeping some air on their leak test, but it not enough to make it leak. It would just be wet on the bottom of the core. And I did not know this, but I guess on an older brass and copper radiator, the solder joints, if left dry, can shrink and begin to leak. That's where my corrosion was coming from. So he said, you know, it'll be fine for now. Cause I told him I wanted to get it ready for cruise night and Geckner's and everything. So he said, I can recore it with a two core, which is what you have for, I don't remember what he said, like 600 bucks. I can recore it with a three core and upgrade you for 650 bucks, or I can get you a brand new. And I was like sitting down ready to, you know, yeah. cause, cause from OER, the original equipment remanufacturing people that like sell to Jags year one, all of them, it was $900 for a 26 inch three core. And I was like, this will be expensive. You know, the official radiator shop. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can do that one for 450 bucks. I was like, are you kidding me? He said, no. I said, is it, is it a brass and copper radiator? Like a, like not an aluminum ugly radiator. He's like, no, the only difference is it's not going to have your Mopar numbers and all the stuff on the top for your numbers matching. And I was like, well, I do not give a damn about that. As like long we as we ruined that over the last two years. Yeah. So. As, as long as it's a black radiator, not aluminum radiator, get it coming. And he said, okay. And, uh, he actually let me leave without paying for the leak test. He said, I'll just get you when the radiator comes in. So Hopefully that shows up this week. So the big question is, are you throwing your leaking radiator away? Absolutely not. I knew it. Uh, it will get record in 25 years when I'm ready to put the 440 back in it. That way it's got all the fancy numbers. Because at the time that I care about the numbers on the engine, I'll care about the numbers on the radiator. I, I figured so. So it'll get put on the shelf with my C3 Corvette AC condenser that I can't bring myself to throw away. Because you're going to use it as, oh, because that's rare too, right? Or something like I, that. I don't think it's rare. I, I, It's just a brand new AC condenser for a Corvette. Like Corvette. Surely someone needs it. I tried to sell it a couple times on Facebook with nothing. So anyway, um, I also told him to get me a fan shroud too because I noticed putting mine on, it was cracked. And it's actually out of adjustment somehow. And the fan blades are hitting it when, under certain body tweaking situations. So... Um, anyway, where was I? So we got everything back together, got it fired up and it pretty much went off without a hitch. Like it just instantly fired up and Dean got the initial timing kind of close and we sat down to smoke a cigarette and let it warm up a little bit so he could set the overall timing. And, uh, 
we got to checking everything and, you know, burning off the new paint and the new headers and, and just letting everything kind of settle in. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, started looking under the car and it's pouring oil out the back of the engine and he cut it off. Cause we shut it off. He crawls under there, wipes it all up and fire it back up. Still leaking, wipes it off again, fire it back up, still leaking. And, uh, he's like, I think this rear main seals leaking. And, uh, no one was happy at this point. Were you there for this? Uh, I was, no, I showed up just a little bit after that. Okay. Cody was there anyway. So I was like, all right, well, and, and at this point, like I wasn't mad. Like, how can you be mad? It's just shit happens. He said, I, it's been 35 years since I've had one of these leak. And I was like, well, what's going to happen to anyone is going to be me. So I was getting ready to pull the drive shaft and start dropping the transmission. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to do it right here in the car. I'll roll a new one in. And I was like, can we get this oil pan up? Cause I've never run this new, it's a, actually a circle track oil pan. It's got the baffle doors and all mm-hmm. the shit in it. And I was like, can we get this off? He's like, we're going to fucking try. So about 20 minutes later, we had the oil drain and the oil pan off of it. He rolled a new rear main seal in it, and uh, Zeth, one of the listeners, drove all the way from Flat Rock, an hour and a half away, to grab some tools from me. So I felt obliged to, you know, get him back going so he could go home. And uh, so I hopped in his truck, went to the Snap-on building, and while I was gone, they got everything buttoned up and uh, fired up and timing set, and then they decided they wanted to screw with me. When I got there, they were telling me that it was leaking even worse than before. And I was like, well, I guess we just won't go to cruise night. And they didn't get a rise out of me at all. No, no, it's pretty, pretty low key, which the whole day I planned on, I wanted to be there during the first fire up and I didn't make it due to some communication issues. And I planned on taking a wrench, like you see, you know, in the TikToks and like tapping on the bumper or something, you know, and I didn't get to do that on first fire up. But when they fired it up again, when Sam was gone, we were laying underneath the car looking for oil leak. And I grabbed a wrench and started hitting on the ball joint. And Kyle was in the car. He shut down. He goes, what was that? And then I just started laughing. He's like, F you, you know. <laughs> I'm sad I missed that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it uh, pretty much was you know, doing just fine. And then, and I mean, man, it sounded mean, like even through mufflers, like it was about more like the little kids are holding their ears. Like it's pretty stout. It's, it's, a, it's got, I'm guessing 40 series flow masters on it. They are not quiet. Um, were they, was it that loud before? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was pretty loud. I mean, not quite as loud, but it's been two years. I don't hardly remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, Kyle, I think had to go home, put kids to bed or whatever. So it was just, Amanda Dozer and Cody there and we got the hood set on and I adjusted it the best way I knew how, which is the same way that the body guy is going to adjust it minus the use of a block of wood and a hammer. I've, I've been told. Um, but, uh, we set the hood on and I decided I'd take my darling for a, a cruise around the block and, uh, went from my house down to like Banker Street, Casey's, and over the overpass, over to A1. I was headed back down 4th Street, and I was just babying it, you know, because brand new motor. I've never broken a new motor before. I don't know how you're supposed to do it. I guess while I was gone, Dean was just wrapping the shit out oh, of yeah. it. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, 
sloppy mechanics or whoever says it's bullshit. I've well, heard as long as you got a roller cam, I don't think it's that big a deal. I, I've heard like Cody will say, break it in how you're going to drive it. You know, so if you're just going to pussyfoot around driving it every day, that's how you that's how you break it in. If you're going to race it, you know, break it in going down the track the first time. So I I kind of was easy on it. Then we got to A1 and I just kind of rolled into throttle kind of hard and then it just fell on his face and my throttle pedal was on the floor. I'm like, what the hell? I reached down. I thought they come off the throttle pedal. I reached down. I grabbed the throttle cable. Nothing, nothing. It's just got nothing. So I, I get pulled over as far as I can. I broke. So on the Mopars, there's like a ball stud on the carburetor linkage and then the low car shift cable like snaps over the ball. Well, it broke right in the middle of that ball socket and she had nothing. I'm like, well, my phone's sitting on the freaking chair yeah, in the no, garage. I, I was, sw- I was sweeping where the car had been sitting uh-huh. and I looked down and saw your phone on the chair. I was like, that's not good. <laughs> Hope he doesn't need me. <laughs> yeah. And then we needed you. And then I look at my phone, Amanda. I'm like, okay, this isn't good news. So they, they bring me a screwdriver. I bumped the idle up to about 2,500 RPM and basically idle at home. And, uh, uh, we did a little bit of tweaking on the carburetor or something after we got it home. Yeah, we played with the other air cleaner and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I tried to get the other air cleaner on it, which super bummed out. I got this super nice six-pack style air cleaner. Turned out it's, a, it's for a low deck, not a high deck, 440 or, or Hemi, so it's not going to fit. So at Mo Party, I'm going to look for a, an air cleaner base, which is going to be big money, but I kind of want it on there. So, um I feel like if you have a Hemi, you have to have that. I, I think it's like state law. Yeah. Look so, it up. so, oh my God. so anyway, um, I ordered the replacement part from low car. It didn't show up till Sunday, but I knew I wanted to go on the Dawsonbrock run and the downtown cruise and, uh, Gekner brothers car show. So Kyle had some throttle cable issues on his car and had bought a kit from O'Reilly's or whatever. Dozer went and got the leftover parts from that. Brought him over to my truck at work. I brought him home. I was able to make it work. Gave Dozer a ride uh, in the GTX because he was so kind to help me out. And uh, he is the official first and only person to be in the GTX when I have owned it and it's done a burnout. Yes, it was. It was amazing. So was there any break in that at all? Or is no, that all gas? Pedal? That was all gas. That's pretty good. So, uh, it has considerably more horsepower now. And I was telling Adam Meyer today, I was like, you know, the dart isn't anything special, but it weighs 2,700 pounds. So it don't take much to make it rowdy. Right. The GTX weighs over 5,000 pounds and it's pretty rowdy. It's rowdier than the dart. So it's, it's definitely got some ponies under the hood. So pretty, pretty happy with how everything turned out. Went to Gagner brothers. Um, Everyone was super cool coming up to me. And I, I told Amanda, I was like, you know, I, uh, I don't have to talk to as many people when I drive the dart somewhere, but when I drive the GTX, like it's a head turner, people are coming up to talk to me. So, uh, super grateful for everybody that helped out and got it going and, uh, got it, took it, like I said, took about 60 miles on Saturday, took it for a cruise. Um, it's burning oil. And, uh, I didn't know if that was, you know, ring setting in or whatever, but it never did clear up. And, uh, after installing the spark plugs on whatever day last week, I did some internet research and come to find out, which I've never owned a Hemi before. Everybody knows. I apparently, so there's an aluminum tube that connects the valve cover and seals it at the top and then goes down 
to the spark plug hole in the head. And that's what seals the spark plug. So you eliminate the crush washer from the spark plug before you put it in the aluminum tube. If you use the crush washer, it will destroy the aluminum tube is what the internet says. Um, it's a big deal. Like, cause like, I guess everybody who used to race these, like you got to change plugs a lot, you know, when you're racing and they foul or, you know, change temperature plug or gap or whatever. And every time you pull the plug on a Hemi oil runs into the cylinder and it smokes like a freight train when you first fire it up because the cylinder is full of oil. And my assumption is that because of the damaged spark plug tubes and the crush washer being in there, that every intake stroke, it's sucking some oil out of the valve cover into the combustion chamber. Because if you're just looking at the tailpipe, it's not smoking. But when I was under the car looking for a rattle, which ended up being the exhaust, you could see like a puff of smoke coming out of the tailpipe. So it's like not a lot, but it's still burning oil. Um, so I've got new spark plug tubes coming. They'll be here Wednesday. I got new spark plugs. I'm going to put them in. And then tonight I've got a headlight out and, uh, I've kind of did a little bit of electrical diag and come to find out that one bulb feeds the other bulbs like that. It's got high and low on the outside and just high on the inside and high beam will work, but low beam doesn't work on it's, it's a whole thing. And it's got like Back, feeding back to ground and it's like basically i narrowed it down to it's a bad bulb and i went to o'reilly's to get a five inch headlight bulb thought that'd be no big deal none in stock like how do you not have a five inch headlight but that's seven inch which oddly enough their system said my car called for a seven inch like no it does not like here's my five inch bulb this is a seven inch bulb it's not gonna work so why your system says this is the one i need i have no idea so i ended up having to go to AutoZone to get a couple headlight bulbs for the car and that's when we rolled in to do the podcast. So that's that's on the list that I got to do. Um, super happy to report that the car actually ran too cool, which is a good problem to have, I guess. Not something you're used to. So I purposefully on the Dawson Brock run peeled off to go to the downtown cruise because I wanted to I wanted to cruise it and I want it to get hot. I want it to show me what it's going to do. When I'm sitting in traffic, like especially going to Bowling Green this weekend, I don't know what traffic's going to be like. Like, is it going to get hot? Well, it never got over 151 degrees. Never once. And I'm talking idling for 45 minutes, not, I mean, moving half a mile an hour in this traffic line. So I actually, I think Brandon Yoakum or somebody was telling me that's not hot enough. Like for a vacuum secondary carburetor, like it's not. It's not even up to temperature yet. Right. Like, like you're not getting, if like it's running rich anyway, and you're definitely not going to be burning all the fuel at 150 degrees. So hopefully the new radiator shows up, new fan shroud shows up. I ordered a temp sender for the gauge on the dash, which I'm not going to trust, but I, I, I'd like to have it hooked up. And while the coolant strain, I'm going to put a 180 degree thermostat in because I put a 160 in it and I drilled too big a hole in it for bleeding purposes. So when I get the 180, I'm going to drill a littler hole mm -hmm. and put the temp sender in and button it back up. And hopefully that gets me going. If it doesn't show up before Bowling Green, not that big a deal, but it'll definitely be done before the fall run. So I'm trying to get the headlights done tonight because first thing in the morning, it's going over to Dale's to get an alignment because the new steering box, um, you never did know how it drove before because of all the steering issues that we've talked mm -hmm. about previously. Well, now everything's tight and it's not, it won't find center. And if you're, and I was sitting on the ground looking at headlights tonight and like, you can see the camber is off 
I'm guessing Caster is probably the reason why it's not finding center. Um, and everyone says you take your old cars to Dale's because uh, they, first of all, they know old Mopars. Maybe not all old cars, but like that's where Gary takes all his old stuff. I think that's where Dean takes all of his stuff, which they're they're uh, Cracker Barrel buddies. So right, I'm sure that that plays into it. But uh, they were able to tell me, you know, just get it over here and we'll get it worked in, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. So hopefully that gets done and it, you know, it's it's just all a bunch of little things. So is, now. It gonna, is it going to sit over there while they work it in or? I, I guess. Yeah. I'm assuming they'll find a shop, in, a spot inside the body shop for it. I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to find out tomorrow. Um, You're not going to pork this outside. Are you? <laughs> it's, it's safer outside than at snap on. It's safer outside at Dale's and inside at Snap-on. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, it's the safest where it's at right now, but I'm not going to expect them to drive all the way into Effingham to unlock my garage and get my GTX out. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're accommodating me. I'll accommodate them. So, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's stolen. You never see it again. Well, it's insured. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> For enough, you might update that. You might talk to your insurance guy. I may call them tomorrow. I think I I think I did a declared value of fifty on it. Gotcha. Which probably couldn't replace it for that, but uh, it's more than I got in it. Well, probably not anymore, but still. Well, it was it was it's super cool to have a friend that's got a four twenty six Hemi with a stroker crank in it and and all that, and it's it's cool to see you work on that the whole time, and you know because you're two years into it, which. I'm coming up on two years of my Falcon. Tell, having, tell the audience what you said as soon as you found out my rear main was leaking. I was like, yep, this makes me not want to finish the Falcon. <laughs> I do not want these headaches. Uh, if we, I don't know. It's just, the, it's just the, my Jeep was that same way. Like you bust your absolute ass on it and you're getting ready to taste the carrot. You know what I mean? And crushing it, disappointment. It, it gets moved. Yeah. You know, like my Jeep got the transmission put in it and it had death wobble, got the death wobble fixed and the rear end went out of it and got the rear end fixed and the f the front end went out of it. You know what I mean? It was right. just a nightmare. Um, had to put brakes on it. And, but it's like, a, it's like making a diamond, you know, a constant pressure over time, you're, you'll eventually get there. So, and, and that's kind of where I was at on this car. Like, I mean, I've talked. I'm sure on here and to customers and everything, like everything that I do, I want to make it better than where I found. It. Like I want to leave it better than where, how I found it. So like the, it had a bent five blade, uh, fan on it. Well, I had bought a seven blade fan for the dart that ended up not working. So instead of just slapping an old seven blade fan on it, took it over to dozers, sandblasted it and powder coated it. I mean, just like, I, I don't know, like this is the nicest thing I've ever owned in my life. And because of how nice it is, I, you know, I, I'm trying to make it not necessarily a show car, but like, I want to be proud to roll up somewhere and pop the hood. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. Dean brought me over a water pump pulley that we needed to adjust the, the accessories and I could just bolt it on. But after I went home that night, 10 o'clock at night, I brake cleaned it off, sanded it down, and I had some decently nice satin black spray paint. And I did a couple light coats and, 
you know, it's not perfect. It's not powder coated, but it it's not a rusty pulley either. And you can't really tell looking at it against the rest of the pulleys that it's not a good looking pulley. So, um, just like little stuff like that. We, we powder coated the battery tray. Which the first round of parts I powder coated. Turned out awesome. And the second round of parts, Sam actually powder coated. So that was, got to try your hand in powder coating. I, uh, I will say to anyone listening, the, you know, internet, TV, whatever makes it look pretty simple. And for the most part, it is more simple than paint, but mm-hmm. it is not easy. So like. The internet just has you thinking like you just point the gun in the general direction and it's good. Well, I can tell you right now, the parts that I did, thankfully, they were not very out in the open because there's a lot of flaws. It's better than spray paint, but not by much. And I have the added advantage of a the top of the line powder coating setup right like literally the best money can buy like Lacey blair don't even have this motherfucker she probably does but don't ruin my story anyway so (laughs) (laughs) she might be a nice lady i don't know (laughs) but uh anyway my point is is just because you have the fanciest of the equipment and the internet says it's easy doesn't mean it doesn't take skill and so it gave me a better uh appreciation for people in the powder coat industry so like you know, if you ever have stuff powder coat and, and you're nit, nitpicking like what may look like a fisheye or what may look like orange peel, like it's not exactly easy, especially if you bring them some junk to begin with, because I probably have 20 hours in sandblasting just yeah. in, in, in the preparation for the powder coating and all the parts that I've done over the past couple of weeks. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So for anybody who's curious or interested in powder coat get a hold of dozer he'll tell you all about it it's it's not easy so i'm glad he gave me the opportunity to try it myself and uh super grateful for the location and the equipment to do it because it made everything turn out pretty cool i ended up putting a it didn't ever had a battery hold down i bought instead of just going to o'reilly's and getting the universal i bought the actual like it's a reproduction obviously but the actual mopar z style battery hold down that fits the battery tray the one in a jeep cherokee it's similar but it's not because i thought about that but it's it's just different enough that gotcha. it, it wouldn't have worked but everybody uh, be all upset about it. i thought the factory hold down right so um i mean just like just every little thing just trying to make it better you know so i don't know but enough about the gtx it's 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 on the short rows now, getting just little stuff buttoned up. So, we have a uh, we have another story for what what's new with Dozer. What's new with me? We're gonna give Jason a call, and uh, we'll talk about our Labor Day weekend. I can figure out how to use my telephono here. It's it is some technical stuff making a phone call. Most yeah. people don't use smartphones for phone calls anymore, Especially, so especially. Um, uh millennials right hey what's up hey what's going on you're on the podcast nice what's going on well this is uh past guest jason that we talk about all the time and he uh hangs out and does jeep stuff with us so jason we're getting to the part where we're talking about our labor day weekend which was an absolutely phenomenal trip i thought spoiler alert 
Um, <laughs> so how it, I don't even know really how it started. Um, I know last summer we talked about, I think, uh, Jason's friend, and I guess now my friend or acquaintance, Caleb, uh, he goes with his boys once a year to land between the lakes in Kentucky and they camp by the shore and go jeeping and kayaking and stuff like that. And I, I like sent it to Jason or Jason sent it to me. He's like, dude, check this out. I was like, we got to do that. Like the kids would have a blast. So that was last summer. Kids were a little young. Jeeps were a little junk. <laughs> a little. And, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what do you remember what kind of sparked it for this year? Because we, we didn't really have anything on the books for a long time. Well, I think what it kind of amounted to is they went and they did their annual, you know, dad's trip. I think it's like father and son outing. So they did that again this year. Because remember, there was that that one video of Caleb that was sneaking between the trees with his Jeep and the trailer. And you're like, oh, my God, like that was amazing. And you and I talked back and forth about wanting to go wheeling and doing something, you know, wheeling related. But we were running out of summer, I guess, because you know, your son was starting kindergarten and my two girls are going to be starting school. So we're like, what are we going to do as far as time-wise goes? And then we happen to come across the Labor Day. We're like, well, we got three days. Like, what should we do? And I don't really know. Like, all of a sudden... I remember me and you were sitting down. I'm like, what about this date? You're like, we have something going on. And you're like, what about this day? It's like, that's a church picnic. And what about this date? And like, we started at June and we ended up at labor day and we ended up at labor day was the first was the first weekend we could everybody had open that we could sync up for for yeah, just two and, people yeah for two people with and my kids aren't even in extra activities well it's like my i my kids go to their moms every other weekend so i was trying to you know coordinate in it just seemed like any time that i had my kids and i was free then you were doing something and it just didn't work out. And then I don't really know how we decided upon going down the land between the lakes. I think it was just one of those things where we thought, well, you know, let's it not let our dreams. Yeah. It was like, let's not let the dreams be dreams. And let's just, you know, put it on the books and make it happen. And I guess we just started going from there. Which is good. We didn't sync up until Labor Day weekend because it took us almost that long to get our junk ready. <laughs> Heck, we were working on the junk up until the day before or the night before. The night before, yeah. So we, um, Jason has had trouble with his doubler for years. <clears throat> it's been out of the Jeep once or twice before. And oh, yeah. We, we could never get it to shift and stay in gear. It would go in the low, but it wouldn't stay in low. So Jason uh, emailed the nice people at Northwest Fab, and they gave him a list of two or three things. They said, this is what it's probably going to be. So well, I, start, I started looking into that right before our Windrock trip in November because I, I was trying to get it ready for then. And at first I thought, well, maybe it wasn't the shifter wasn't staying engaged. And so then, like you said, I reached out to them. They gave me a whole list of stuff. And what it amounted to was I was going to have to pull that case out, and I just didn't have the time frame back then to do it. So – I just sat on those emails and decided that, you know, I needed to, you know, finally, oh, what it what wound up being with that was because my transmission, I had issues with that. Like right about the time we went down to yes, Windrock. Jason's five speed was a three speed. Yeah. Right about the time we went down to Windrock, I think it was, I knew my fourth gear was having problems every once in a while. 
But then, like the first trail we went to hit down in Windrock, all of a sudden second gear wouldn't go in, That's and I was like, "You're granny shifting, not double clutching like you should." Everybody I, knows. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows that. So, so that, so that in itself, I was, I was having to go from basically, you know, first to third, trying to wheel Windrock, which without the doubler, so that was made it interesting, and I just never really had time, you know, when I got back and. I still drove the Jeep back and forth, you know, from home to work, but I'd always just, you know, have to go from first to third to fifth. And it just, you never realize how much you use second gear until you don't have it. So that's what, that's what I was sparked. I got a spare transmission that I, uh, that I bought that had a, allegedly had a bad fourth gear synchro in it. So I decided, well, it's a AX15, all AX15s are the same. Surely I can just get synchro kits and put that in there and, so I think I had you guys help me like tear it apart one no, day. Then... We were a big help. <laughs> <laughs> we were well, we were helping ourselves to uh, libation, li- libations, and, yeah, I, uh, and, and and cracking jokes at your expense. Well, I remember like that that one night that we had all the the whole all the gears sitting on there. We we're trying to press things on and off. Like I know that. I was feeling pretty good. I think you guys are feeling pretty good. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, there's no way this thing is going to go back together. So I started calling it the drunken 15 and I don't know, once I, you were, got struggling, everything... you were struggling big time. I yeah, think I you, was. you actually broke a needle bearing and I told you as you were pressing, <laughs> I was like, I think something bad happened. You're like, nah, which like you said, we were all feeling pretty good and couldn't get the snap ring on or whatever. And, uh, what to my, uh, I, I guess against my better judgment, I didn't, stop you from reassembling it missing one of the needle bearings out of one of your roller bearings so but we turns out you don't some, need it <laughs> there's there's plenty of extras yeah but I, I i am glad though that we took the time to take that back off because like you said it wasn't fitting right so instead of forcing it somehow we had enough you know mindset to not keep going and you know pumping the uh press on it took it all back apart that's the I think problem that time I, that's the problem with a big shot press is like the little one will stop when you're in a bind. The big one just breaks tear, stuff. Just tear shit up. Yep. So I wasn't until I got all the way back to my house and I sobered up. Frankly, I so, sobered up. <laughs> but I just pulled up some YouTube videos and I just sat there in my garage and I looked at it. I'm like, okay, now all this makes sense again. So because I I had parts, I when I Ooh, took things off, thought. I put things. Yeah. Oh, I put things in bags, and then I'm thinking to myself, I am never gonna put this back together, but. Somehow I did, and it worked. But well, I had then, to call your ass out. What about what? Because <laughs> you were avoiding it. You're like, oh you're yeah. Like, oh, I need to this. I was like, I was like, you're honestly, you're avoiding this, and you're like, yeah, you're right. And like <laughs> so, within so then, a couple of days, you had her slap back together. Was well, but then I decided to wait until it was like the hottest days of the year when we had like consecutive, you know, yeah, hundred degree you days. Your, you drug your feet when it was eighty out. Yeah, and then so then I was you know paying the price at that point. Then at that point in time, once I got it in there, then I quickly realized apparently that all AX15 uh, tail shaft housings are not exactly clocked the same. Because when I went and took my doubler off, the doubler, I think it has about four different ways you can clock that. And I took some nail polish and I marked everything. So when I took it off, I knew that I was going to be able to put it back. But nail polish. Um, no, girl dad shit. Copy. Yeah. Copy. <laughs> Yeah, but I I guess that up with a hair tie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you you do their hair with zip ties. You know that. Hell yeah. 
But have you done the vacuum? It, have you done the vacuum trick with the ponytail? Dude, I have. It works. <laughs> awesome. I seen it. I seen it online one day. And I was like, I told one of the girls, like, "Hey, come here. I gotta try this real quick." And get, sure enough, it does. Get over here. <laughs> like Elvis, they put make make those those uh, little rubber bands so small. Like this morning, uh, D wanted a ponytail, and I think I broke like five of them before I got one that didn't break. They're like. You're stretching them too far. I was like, well, my hands are too big. I don't know what to tell you. You know how I do Emma's ponytail? You don't? I hand her the thing instead of have the babysitter do it when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's more qualified. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I guess, I guess before style, I put... I sub that out. I guess before we talk about putting my transmission back in, you need to talk about how you came over and we salvaged through your spare parts in your parents' attic to find the piece that we needed that was just laying right there for my oh, doubler yeah well luckily so my past episode the things i regret getting rid of is the the thing you throw away so my mom and dad's attic is still has jeep parts in it and i had like a 231 fetish there for like a minute mm-hmm. and i have several 231s in my parents attic and we found out jason's doubler was not shifting because it didn't have a snap ring on the input shaft holding it against the bearing. So whenever you'd shift it, the whole input shaft would move an inch and that would let it go in and out of gear. So he's like, well, where are we going to get that at? I was like, I know a place. (laughs) So we went up and it was, uh, what was it, Sunday morning? I don't know. Yeah, it it was a Sunday morning because you were busy doing something on Saturday. Yeah, the church picnic, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The kids actually spent the night at my mom and dad's. So I like rolled in, like, hey, kids, uh, pretend I'm not here. <laughs> and went up in the attic and, and got some parts out. And my mom had me grab. My mom had her Barbie dolls from, from when oh, she was yeah. a little kid. No kidding. Yeah. So we got them down so Emma could play with them. But so, they... pro tip because of the movie, them are probably worth some serious. Oh, coin. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You fucked up giving those to Emma. Just saying. Yeah. Well, I don't I think there's. I said, I think there's only one or two of them that was actually like melted from the heat up there. Yeah, it's gets pretty hot in an attic. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we got that put back in, and basically we decided that uh, we were gonna just have to split the difference on how his transfer case was clocked. And I was proud of him because at some point when I looked at it, maybe it was Saturday. He's like, well, I'm just going to run it how it is because it's way too high. And he's like, I'll just run it like this. It's like your front drive shaft's going to bind. Your shifters aren't going to line up. Like, this is going to be bad news all around for you. I even called Sam. I was like, this dumb son of a bitch yeah. is not going to do this. And he d- and Jason did. He pulled that transfer case back out by himself and clocked it a lot closer to where it was and put it back together. And I, I know that probably sucked at the time, but that was the right thing to do for sure. I've, I think I, I think I wound up pulling it up and down at least three times. And I don't know if anyone's ever dealt with a cast iron transfer case. It's a Dana 300. I think that alone Less in itself. It, yeah. I was going to say that's a little well, cast iron little transfer. Case. Well, it, on, when Mr. you're doing it by, collar, don't you? When you're doing it by yourself and I can't work a jack and then try to line it up. So I think that the three bench press it. Well, that's what I wound up doing. Get on my legs. It's not the, it's because it it goes, it's it's, awkward. 
it's it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's awkward. Like the women I dated in high school. Or <laughs> <laughs> heavy, they're just awkward. But it's it's still I think maybe like a it's a couple degrees off from where it was, so it's clocked just a little bit higher. But it was just enough that I had a homebrew twin stick shifter for my transfer case and I can't run my home my twin sticks that I had set up for it because the way that I had it run under my seat, that transfer case is clocked up just a couple of degrees too high. So now I was like, well, I'm not going to pull this out back out again. Everything looks good because my cross, basically what happened was the custom cross member that Dozer and I made years ago was just not fitting in place. Like everything has to fit. It's tight and it just wasn't fitting in place. So now it finally fit into place. So I was like, I'm not going to mess with it. So I just decided for our trip, I said, I'm going to run one stick for the rear and then when we we get to Turkey Bay, I'll just manually shift it by into... removing your passenger seat. Well, <laughs> well, well, it it would have been fine if because the uh, the interlock that that comes along with that that I got to delete. But yeah, so I decided that I do that, and I'm eventually going to go and uh, put a cable shifters I think on there, and then that'll should solve all that whole problem so so you're going to crossroads tomorrow or thursday you just buy it man it's jeep stuff you just buy it and bolt it on yeah yeah i, I, mean, I, I think guess uh, we can make cable shifters honestly but i thought you hated your cable shifters because they were homemade think of the difference in equipment i have at this point in my life you have a plasma table and a bridge port you can make anything and a cnc press brake and a powder coat setup so we can make it super legit. Not that I want to spend the time. I'd almost rather just buy the. <laughs> it's well, it's like JK parts. They they sell. I think a setup is just under three hundred dollars for a twin stick cable setup with two shifters. And at that point in time, I can finally close off my transmission tunnel because it's been open for all these years. And for the trip to try to avoid some heat, I actually took some uh, rubber format I had laying around and I sheet metal screwed it to the floor and then i stuck blankets over that and then put my center console over that so then he and that was to, actually to shift his transfer case we had to remove the seat then unscrew a format that was screwed over the hole and then remove the blanket from underneath of it that's what the that's what they don't show you on the on the highlight that's reel right man. yeah that did not make the reels i made <laughs> it, it also didn't make the uh my my episode long, that I've been working on too. Oh yeah, we need to we need to shout that out real quick, Jason. So to, Jason, to our three listeners. Jason has a YouTube channel. Tell us about it. Yeah, tell us about your YouTube channel. Uh, started it I think last year. Decided I wanted to just kind of uh, highlight, document some of the wheeling stuff I do with my kids. I've got three kids, uh, two girls and a boy. They all have blonde hair, so I had a coworker come up with the name for the YouTube channel called. Uh, blonde locks and big rocks and just been kind of i'm no expert at editing or anything like that i just like to play around with it and dabble in it and i don't know i, I watch a lot of youtube channels that you know have wheeling videos and i don't know i kind of got inspired that i wanted to play around with that so my equipment is just basically my cell phone right now but like i someday would hope to have uh probably insta 360 camera and also drone there's some incredible wheeling footage that's drone I dozer saw the the latest uh, one that they had from the Ultimate Adventures. I had a drone fly through all twenty rigs or whatever it was, and then you know through the windows of all of them because they're just parked right next to each other and come out. So 
I'd someday I'd hope to do that. But I mean, Oliver Anthony, he recorded his music video for Richmond, North of Richmond on an Android. So there you go. So, so and, and but, I will, but, I will say, uh, Dylan Miller makes some killer videos on his phone and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. We are shouting out your YouTube channel here, but the reel that Dozer made just sitting at the campsite uh, was pretty pretty good. So just if I was going to give you any kind of advice, it'd be two things. Thing one, pay for software. It's worth it. I pay for software for this podcast. It is worth it. Thing two, um, you should have all the raw footage and make a long form video. But before that, you should edit it on your phone and release reels because there's a smaller group of people with attention spans long enough to watch wheeling videos in long form on YouTube, um, which I am in that category. Use your Instagram reels to advertise for your YouTube video. Right. So like I'll watch your, your Instagram videos or your TikToks or your whatever, but I'm not a yeah. guy who has 35 minutes to watch a documentary about your wheeling trip. But anyway, I will link to the I'll watch your video, Jason. I'll, I'll link. I was there. I will link to the uh, the YouTube channel in the show notes. So if All you right. guys are so, interested, you can check that out. So I'd say that you know by the time that this podcast drops, I should be out. I I got it all edited out. Now I'm just working on. It's like you said. In order, I've posted a couple before, like when we did our Redbird trip earlier this year. But I've never, I've just done the free software. So it's got the watermark on there. And I put too much time and effort into doing this video. So I don't want the watermark. So I got to actually like, so you know, what, you know what Garrett Mitchell says, you know, Cletus McFarlane, everybody wants yeah. to be a YouTuber until it comes time to edit. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. Editing has taken quite amount of time when you start trying to put like, I think because before, you know, me, I always took a lot of pictures when we were wheeling. Well, you want to put pictures together. I mean, that's basically a PowerPoint presentation. So for for me, it's been a change. When it trying goes from to take... picture to picture, does it have the sound effect? No. <laughs> so for me, it's, you know, trying to like, especially this, this trip that we did, I tried to take like short little clips, video clips, and then I can, you know, put all that stuff together. So I think you took probably more pictures than I did. And I took a more video this time. So, I think I had I like a hundred. I took a lot of video of you taking video. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of Snapchats of Jason like holding up a camera, like we're baiting breakfast right now. Cool. So I think I think I had like a hundred, a hundred something, you know, small little clips. I mean, the Man. most would be like, and some of them are, you know, might be ten seconds, some of them thirty seconds, you know. But it's just a matter of putting all those in order and putting it together and then, you know, transitions and music and all that stuff takes time. And I know I spent a bunch of time over the weekend trying to get it together. So now all I got to do is pay for a subscription so I don't have the watermark and then, you know, it should be um, should be out there. So I'm I don't want to, you know, piss in your Cheerios here, but if you're going to pay for software you may do a quick Google search and see if the stuff that you're using currently is what you want to pay for is what you want to pay for. Because right. I, I bought some software that was like free to try. And it was like, psych, you got to pay for it to use it. Like if you actually want to do any more, like whatever the situation was, it was a year ago almost, but I bought the software because I was using it, the trial version and I paid for it. And I, I should probably check and make sure it's not going to auto renew, 
but like it was garbage. It was absolute shit. And then I bought this new soundboard and the software that comes with it is like a million times better. So all I'm yeah. trying to say is, is don't, don't commit to something for more than a couple months. If there's something better out there for the same or a little bit more money. Oh yeah. I was looking at that last night right before I went to bed and it's like, you can get this like unlimited subscription, you know, for as long as you're using this particular uh, program. And then like, I was like, wait a second. Like it's, it says a specific, you know, version pretty much. I was like, so does that mean you pay all that money? And then at that point in time, when they come out with the newest version, you upgrade to that. Well, now you're pretty much got to pay for the, for the next one. I mean, they're always upgrading software. So that's pretty much where I'm at. I got to look into that. And then tonight, and then load the video. You get what you pay for. That's all I'll say, especially yeah. software-wise. That's exactly it. So, anyway, I guess back to this wheeling back, trip. Back to the wheeling trip. <laughs> uh, one, one more oh, thing. While we're gosh. while we're while we're picking on Jason, I'll pick on Dozer a little bit. You'd oh. think for the world famous short story long co-host, he'd be better at voiceover. Yeah, you didn't like my voiceover. It was good, but like your your delivery could well, use some work. It was quick. You know what I mean? Like you don't have much time and it wasn't really like, it, it was just like there wasn't it like there like and it should have been like here we are boarding the ferry to cross the Ohio River. Jason was taking a video while I was taking a picture. The kids fell asleep. It was awesome. You should try it. And instead it was like, here we are. Boarding the ferry to cross the river. And well, that was the end of our day one. Well, I like, didn't want to just post a bunch of pictures and gobbling. And it was right. good. It was good. But it, for your first time, it was it, awesome. It was informative. It wasn't entertainment. All right. It was like strictly utilitarian. It's got like male nipples. It's not you just for decoration. Oh, that's it. I got that backwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness anyway I, I, moving, I, say, moving I guess on. before i well, guess before we get into the trip i guess we should say that the you know huge shout out to caleb because once you know dozer and i started having the idea to even think about going down there i was like i asked him I was like should i you know message him like he seems to know a little bit more about the area down there and he's like yeah go for it next thing you know dozer and i get tagged in this message on facebook and he gives us like step by step directions, like, hey, like go here, like do this, like do that. Shots, coordinates. He probably spent an hour getting that information ready for us, which I really appreciated. Uh, I know in the past, like when we went down to Windrock, uh, my cousin Greg had a friend that was gonna like give us all the trail names and like what order to run them in and stuff, and he never did. You know what I mean? It was sure. like just kind of ghosted us and. I really appreciated Caleb saying he was going to get some information together for us and, and then actually doing that. Yeah. And so. then like, especially too, when it comes to the dispersed camping, like he's like had, you know, more or less given us a map, like, you know, try, try this area, try this area, try this area. And, you know, these are all spots, you know, that I've been to before. And, you know, if you want to see the sunrise or sunset, go here or go there. I mean, super detailed. So yeah, that, that, uh, that was cool. Back to my reel though. My, my original goal <laughs> with my reel to was make a better video of the trip with my phone than Jason with the software. And then I quickly found out that 
I was limited to 90 seconds. Right. So I just was like, well, at this point, I'm just going to put together so people can see how our trip went. And actually, and, and it worked exactly how I just planned to. Like, my grandma called me. I saw your video on the internet. You know, your trip. That's pretty cool. And so I don't have to go through and explain pictures or put a caption in them. I just kind of quickly did three 90-second videos and bada-bing. So... By the grace of God, we get Jason's Jeep back together, transmission. Um, I got some stuff done on my Jeep. Originally, we were not going to bring a trailer. So Thank God we did. <laughs> yeah, so Jason was super against it for a while. And after our trip to Lake Sarah, we both realized that we had water and electricity at Lake Sarah and we weren't going to have water or electricity dispersed camping at land between the lakes. So we would need, need even more stuff. And so I bought a spare tire carrier for the back of my Jeep to hold a 37 and I bought a high lift mount for my hood. I bought soft doors in Ohio and met my cousin in Indiana. That way I could have the option to run a half door or a full door if it was going to rain. The Schmitty built uh, frameless top that I have, you can store the windows in the top. So I had to put my windows in the top and get all that ready. But the, the main thing leaving was I had never towed a trailer with my Jeep and my Jeep can barely push itself down the road on its own with the, with the stock V6. And Jason has not towed a trailer with his Jeep since he had put the tons in it. And probably before that, uh, before that, when he moved his ex-wife in with him, he towed a like 14 foot dual axle trailer. Um, not, not sure if the lights worked at that point in time. Correct. So Sam came over one day, got the lights going, which that was a disaster. Like you would, you would turn the turn signal on and like the reverse lights would flash for like, this is not good. Definitely not well, ideal. You, you should say that, that it did have like, you know, 18 years ago or whatever, when I probably put that in there, I just, I was dumb. I didn't know. So I used a lot of scotch locks. So scotch locks are the enemy of. So if they ever invent Anyone. time travel, we should go back and punch punch younger Jason. <laughs> Installing that, just pop out of the weeds, bam! Don't do that and run off back to the future. Just slap him out of my hand and like run off. <laughs> it's called solder and shrink wrap, you fuck. Oh, and I, I thought you were that? gonna. I thought you were gonna say kill the guy that invented scotch locks, and I was like, well, in that case, all trailers will be infinitely more expensive now. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, I elected, well, I don't know how much detail Jason wants to go into this, but Jason's Jeep also has never had a, a, um, sway bar on it, anti-sway bar and his Jeep would roll bad in the corners. And I'm like, if you're going to take this for, you know, a 500 mile round trip, we probably better put a sway bar on it. So Jason dug up a sway bar. And we, in one evening, it's pretty easy to put a Cherokee sway bar back on a sway, back on a Cherokee for the most part. Um, few things in the way, had to do some clearance in, uh, went to cut some brackets on my table and my design software like glitched on me and didn't work. It like updated and quit working. 
Not good. So we dug through. Every time I would cut tabs for somebody, I'd cut two or three extra and just throw them in a bin. Right. And by the grace of God, we had exactly what we needed. I mean, didn't have to drill holes or anything. So that that is one thing I will say. You can write this down. Pro tip. When you're buying consumables or things like nuts and bolts mm-hmm. or like just like anything, especially if it's cheap. Nuts and bolts, especially plumbing parts, things of that nature. Buy more than you need. Like I bought any time for this whole project that I needed bolts, I bought double what I needed. And turns out when you have a stack of washers, you can make something work that you didn't previously have the stuff to make work. Like, oh, wait, I think I got a whole bunch of washers or whatever. And I've had to use that before. And it comes in super handy. So the fact that like you cut extra brackets, like one day I'll use these. Like, yes, yes, you will. Especially stuff that doesn't take up much room. Like I've got, I've got uh, a whole bunch of shit in this back closet over here from when I was doing some housework. And I was looking all over my garage for sandpaper. Didn't have any sandpaper to do that pulley I was talking about. Went downstairs. I had some shit that I had sanded the drywall with four years ago. And I was able to sand the pulleys to to paint it. So I mean that like that's your pro tip for tonight is when you go to buy something, buy more than you need. There you go, pro tip. There, there's a lot of stuff that's on my Jeep that, and Dozer will attest to this. That we're like, hey, like we need to do something with this, and then we just like look around wherever he's got laying around in his scrap pile. And like this is gonna work perfect. Like my cross member that's underneath there is a perfect example. It's bent. It's kind of, it's got a nice shape going underneath it. And I don't think we bent one single piece of tube. It was all just like awful stuff that he had laying around on the garage floor that were like, I wonder if this is going to work. And all of a sudden everything just sort of falls together. So my Jeep is built with a lot of just, you know, random scrap pieces that we just had laying around over the years. And there's a lot of pieces for my old Jeep on there, like windows and yeah, because someone did not spot me properly that day, Sam. <laughs> I spot for entertainment purposes. It is, it is in and my then, handle on Pirate 4x4. And, and then I'm like, what? what is going on? Because you don't even speaking that. My, I came down off a ledge, and I had a battery jumper pack that day <laughs> in the back of my Jeep, and it wasn't strapped down, and it ejected out of one of my rear windows. So whose fault is, is it really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, well, I was always, like, Sam, like well, always secure your cargo. Yeah. Like I, I was like, Sam, what? Cause Sam just starts laughing. Like Sam's uncontrollably <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, what <laughs> is going on? Like, tell me, shit. like, talk to me. And he's just, he just not. Now. So I just, I just stop and get out. Uh, shoot. So anyway, we met at my house early Saturday morning and I'll tell you what I, I don't know about Jason, but I was getting some major hate from everybody in my family on taking my children in a Jeep on this long trip. And like, I had no worries at all. Apparently, Jason was a little more worried than I was coming to find out. the children. Yeah, and I was like, if we break down, they're just going to play in the mud on the side of the road. Like, they don't care. Like, they'll have fun. Or if let's break down near a porta potty and they'll be good. Yeah, no kidding. Let's play with poop. <laughs> that goes later in the story, but okay. sure. Right. <laughs> so uh, we our first stop was Cave in Rock, and we went to the cave, which the kids thought that was super cool. We 
essentially ruined everybody's experience there but our own. <laughs> the kids were wild. I mean, they'd been in the car two and a half hours at this point, and they were letting her rip in the cave. How loud can we be in this cave? Right. And Listening to our own voices. There was echo. like somebody from Michigan down there looking at the cave, and the kids are like, ah, and Wyatt's like, oh, Bigfoot, Yetis. Dinosaur poop. This is Bigfoot's house. Yeah, exactly. It was dinosaur poop. That was a big thing. Well, I guess, too, that we had talked to Caleb was actually, you know, the guy that gave us all the uh, insight. He was going down with his family to, he wasn't taking his Jeep, but he was going down to, you know, spend the weekend. And we had told him when we were planning on leave, like we found out, I think it was Friday night or something like that, that he was going to be going down there too. We told him when we were going to be leaving, and he lives down like Carmi, so he was going to be ahead of us. So he told us when he was going to be leaving, we we kind of roughly calculated and we're like, we may or may not bump into him on the ferry. And sure enough, like we get down to the Ohio River, and there's a line for the ferry, and he's like the last person in line, and we were just getting there. Well, we were going to go to the cave anyway, so – we just sort of like turned off, but it was kind of cool that we kind of caught the tail end of him. Okay, question. You have a hand up. Okay. Uh, so this this ferry, taxpayer funded ferry, is is free to use, and there's a line. Obviously, you got to wait for the ferry to come back to your side to load. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is there any point in time when there's too many people in the queue to fit on the ferry? Like oh, you got to yeah. wait for the next one? Yeah, we missed uh, we missed it the first time we got in line. I think. Damn. Yeah, yeah, because okay. we, like we got in line and they were closing the gate and we were like two cars back and we had to watch it go all the way across, unload, load and come all the way back across, unload, then we could load. What what kind of what kind of transit time are we talking for for a full complete round trip? Like from the like you uh, you said you rolled in as they were shutting the gate. Like how many minutes were you sitting there before they you were 20, drove on? Twenty minutes. That's not that bad. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Okay, it, it booked across the river. Right. I I think. I mean, the ferry ride was only. I mean, you were probably on there less than ten minutes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The uh, they they stack them three wide going across. So there's like three different rows on there. There's like one small ramp and then they, they funnel you. It seemed like if you had a trailer, they kind of send you straight down, you know, center. Probably but couldn't other, expect you to make the car. Right. So then, so then other, other, everyone else sort of funnel off to the side. Cause I know that like when we, when we got on going down there, um, <laughs> there was a boat in front of me and I think I made a, I made a reel. And I think my like ex brother-in-law made a post like, well, at least if it sinks, there's a boat right in front of you. <laughs> Fair enough. So the the riding the ferry has been on my bucket list since college, since I found out about it. Yeah, mine is mine as well. And uh, we went by there on a geology tour, not tour, a field trip for a geology class I was in. I was like, man, I want to ride across that, and and not to sound like Jason, but I've always since that moment dreamed of going to land between the lakes and taking the ferry like that ever since college and just never happened lifelong dream fulfilled so that was cool from the ferry to land between the lakes was little drama we stopped and ate mcdonald's and got ice and got um uh, i got ice and got some more pringles because my my kids hammered like five things of pringles that weekend (laughs) We should say the the video that you took getting onto the ferry, which I I got put in my episode. I didn't, you know, I made sure that you could hear it. But Wyatt's in the backseat. Dozer's driving on the ferry, and you hear Wyatt go, 
is this safe? <laughs> and I was just laughing when I heard that. Didn't even die. Yep. <laughs> but did you die? So we we stopped at the visitor center and like bought our camping permits for like the welcome center or whatever. And the lady was like, yeah, all the campsites are full because this is a holiday weekend. You know, I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. Well, she was talking about um, campgrounds. Right, right. So we were doing dispersed camping where you just go like find a fire pit alongside the road. I don't know if you can make a new fire pit, but you I think you're just supposed to find spots already there. But you gotta you gotta be within like 200 yards of a cemetery, and there's like 200 cemeteries down there. You can't be within 200 yards of a right. cemetery. There's cemeteries everywhere down there for some reason. Uh, but anyway, uh, we were pulling in on the first road. My plan was to start at the spots closest to the welcome center and work our way away. That way, um, I didn't have to do any backtracking. Well, the first spot we came to, we passed a Nissan Altima. I stopped and talked to the people. I said, hey, are there any camping spots up here? They said, we just left the first one up here. So we we pulled up to there, empty camping spot, perfect, had the place to ourselves. Jason pulled in to kind of reserve it, and I took off to go see if there's anything better. Well, I drove around for a half hour, and every other spot I came to was either full or right next to somebody. So we ended up picking the first spot we we went to, unloaded, got camp set up, got supper eaten, and then the kids swam all night. Now, why me and Jason enjoyed some libations. Which you should say that it, it's absolutely dry down there. Yeah, like, I, there's nothing you find around there. Well, and the, supposedly there's no alcohol allowed, but there is twisted tea cans everywhere down there in the woods. It's tea. It's not alcohol. Oh, okay. It's good for you. Yeah. yeah. So, do you, so do you want do you want to talk about the uh, the poop incident the it's first got, night? I think got, that's the it's second got night. Antioxidants. It? It's what plants crave. Anyway, talk about poop. That's the next night. I thought. I think I thought the poop was the first night. Oh, maybe. Well, when yeah, we it sounds like the poop was every night. To be yeah, honest. Honestly. <laughs> well, at one point, so when we went to like Sarah on our practice camping trip. Uh, the kids would not stay out of the porta potty. So we joked about how when we got there, the kids would build a porta potty with sticks and then play in it. Well, Jason brought a toilet with a pool noodle around it to go potty on. And as soon as Which we got was, it was just a five gallon bucket that I put a bag in there with a pool noodle on it to, you know, for some cushion. And I figured this would be worst case scenario if one of the kids had to go before we could get to somewhere, they could use this. So, well, as soon as we unloaded it, Kimber, which is his oldest daughter, had it on her head running around. Now, mind you, I hadn't been used at this point. We're like, what is with these kids in toilets? <laughs> so somehow through the night, Wyatt had a cap gun. Who handed you that cap gun? Coulter had the cap gun. Oh, so. So I think I think D, my middle one, she went off and decided she was going to, you know, you know, drop a log in the toilet and. Somehow, some fine. way, that's what it's for. Somehow, some way, all of a sudden, my my youngest, he's two, he walks up with this cat gun that Wyatt had, and there's something on the end of it. And I don't know what what did when I say? I saw it, I was I was like, that would be so funny if that was poop. And Jason's like, where did you find mud at? And he grabs the gun from him, sticks it in his face, and Jason goes, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at <laughs> some but point, then it, but then it turned into a game of where did this poop come from? So like who who shit in the bucket? Having like, having kids is wild. Honestly, it's something <laughs> I was never prepared for. They don't teach you that in health class. So the first night went pretty well. We woke up, made breakfast, and then uh, headed out, which I was not planning on going to Turkey Bay, the which is the off-road section, but Jason wanted to head there, no doubt, for his YouTube channel. and uh, <laughs> Doing it for the gram. Yeah, do it for the gram. Do it for the vine. So we, we loaded up and, and drove. We were 25 or 30 minutes uh, from where we camped to the uh, off-road park. And we got there, and the line was like a half mile long to get in. And we're like, well, we're not doing this. So we turned around and went to the Elk and Bison like thing you can like drive through. It's like an automated gate. You pay $5, it opens the gate, you drive through. Nice. It's like Jura- Jurassic Park type shit. Yeah, oh, you know, big high fence. And we did not see any elk, and we've seen some bison, but they just looked like cows out in the field, honestly. It's majestic as hell. We saw turkey and we saw a lot of shit on the road. A lot of though. turkeys, a lot, of, a lot of poop on the road. Once again, was any of it dinosaur poop? Uh, according to Wyatt, it all was. Okay. <laughs> so we went to um, we went to Turkey Bay, the off road park, and got all the kids to use the bathroom and all that. And they wanted lunch. It was like eleven o'clock, even though they we had just made them breakfast and they didn't eat it. But that's besides the point. <laughs> kids i'm hungry you you never feed us okay so we were going to go down this trail which i guess is pretty nasty trying to find the lake shore and by the grace of god once again some some guy came in a yj and he was like you guys mind if i wheel with you we're like well the only thing we're doing is heading to the lake and eating like we're not going to wheel real hard Oh, we, like, we said we, we we're not familiar with this. He goes, well, I live about forty minutes from here. I know all about this place. He's like, well, don't go down that trail, which was the one we were about to go down. Thankfully, he caught up to us while Jason was removing his seat to shift his transfer case. <laughs> Three hours later, uh, so he he brought us and uh, all the way through the park to the north end of like the park up against the lake, which is like where all the sandbars and stuff are. So we had lunch and watched people flip a four-wheeler and drive through mud. And and pretty much there's that one uh, XJ that went through that mud. And I remember you telling me, because he, after he went through this mud hole and had to winch himself out, go, he started driving through the freaking lake and Dozer looks at me and he goes, we're about to see the in, internals of a four-wheeler here in a few seconds. Yeah, but this guy was I just like wide open to the wood and blasting through water. I'm like, I see a hydro lock coming. So uh, we we drove out and took pictures on the sandbar. The kids swam for probably over an hour. Your tires yeah, when you never tell kids... touch the water. <laughs> well, no. I see well, a lot t- of people's tires touch the water. So if it's a no-no, they don't do a very good job of advertising that. Well, the kids, you tell them, hey, you can go through and wade in the water. And literally, Dozer and I turned around. We're like, we're going to go like, and the kids are completely underwater. Then they met other kids and they start playing with someone else's kids. And we're like, like I think we were out there for like an hour with them just playing in the water out there. I think it's we safe did. to say the kids really enjoyed themselves. Yeah, they had fun swimming. That was their main thing. And but, playing with poop. But the cool part, so then we took the the lake shore from the most northern point all the way down to the southern point where the entrance is, and you can follow the shore the whole way. 
So that was never, that was, never touching the water. Yeah, never <laughs> touching the water at all. And uh, we we draw all the way down, and at that point, the kids were kind of over it, and it was really getting kind of warm out. I think that was the hottest day of that week was Saturday or Sunday. No, that was probably Monday when we headed home. But we went back to camp and had T-bones and and. Uh, well, how the kids roasted hot dogs in the fire? Kids roasted hey, I, hot dogs. I was, I was surprised with just that little lake rim trail. How warm the shocks were by the time we were done with that. Yeah, because I mean, you had, I don't know, you know, just the whole lake shore is rocks. So you're just driving over like softball sized rocks the whole time. Well, when we stopped, our shocks are so hot you couldn't hardly touch them. Time for reservoirs, I suppose. Well, I didn't really <laughs> notice any fade at you know three mile an hour. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so we uh, hung out that night. Jason started telling a scary story he made up and didn't even get to the scary point and had the kids crying. <laughs> Tell us the well, story, they, Jason. They, <laughs> well, no, they 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 said that they wanted to hear a scary story, so. I started making up about some prison inmates that escaped from not too far away. And yeah. I didn't even get to, like, Within didn't get to escape part. this camp. That's <laughs> so awesome. Thing, so they, they like, no, no, that's too. So Dozer's like, well, I'll pull up a story. What the hell are you reading? Something about some Russian bear or something? I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. It was kids' camp story. It was on the, the KOA campground website. It was camp stories for kids. But it was like a snowflake story type deal, and it wasn't like You're talking about know. the Russian bear that helped win World War II. Uh, no, oh, that one. <laughs> anyway, but, hey, we sh- we should say that that uh, that was it Sunday Sunday night. There was there was a cove right there where we were camped out at. Like I said, we were about what fifty yards from the water or whatnot, and. All of a sudden, Dozer and I are sitting by the fire, and all of a sudden, we start hearing some music. We're like, what the hell is that music coming from? Was it banjos? No, no. We, it was like a party cove, and okay. everybody was out yeah. there on their yachts having a really good time. You see any and they, boobies? They, they, no. no. Oh. They, they, they were playing the Star Spangled Banner, and everyone was singing at the top of their lungs. Hell like, yeah, this America. Is, this, is, this is like 10 o'clock at night. I told Jason then, we should go out there and... and uh, and when they finished it, be like, woo, 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 you know, play ball. And Jason didn't want to do that. Free well, bird. Then, 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 then I think after that, then they put on some uh, Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville because that was like. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah R.I.P. So that was like the day after he died. But then then at, right after that, I think that's when Wyatt came out and visited us out by the fire. Yeah, so Wyatt had eaten like approximately 12,000 calories <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> And he walks out of the tent and he just sits down by the fire, doesn't say anything. Like, what's up, Wyatt? Doesn't say anything. And then he just, blah, just starts oh, fucking all of his food all over camp. And he sits back in his chair. I was like, do you feel any better now? He goes, nope. Just oh, my God. Again. So we get him some water to wash his mouth out and get him a toothbrush. He brushes his teeth and he goes, he goes, I feel better now. Goes back to bed. Okay. All right. Um. So anyway, we took a shovel and shoveled up all this puke and threw it in the fire. <laughs> nice. But uh, next morning, we we had a real simple breakfast of uh, uh, just donuts and and uh, cereal, cereal and, and packed up camp. Well, the whole time, the kids are like, we want to go swim. We want to do this. Like, no. Like, we're packing up camp. No. Packed up camp and headed home. And whew, that, was a, that was a hot trip home. I ended up pulling the trailer on the way home. 
Oh, about halfway through, I was wanting to have Jason take it back because my Jeep was getting hot pulling okay. it. But I was like, nope, nope. I, I don't want to hear. I would never hear the end of it. Boo, my piece of junk <laughs> XJ can tow a trailer, but your, your fancy rich boy JK can't tow a trailer. So I uh, just had to modulate between overdrive. If you put an overdrive, it would cool off. Really? But if you left it, I don't think the converter locks up. Okay. In in uh tow hall. In in third gear. Oh, okay. So I was kind of playing with it, like getting in and out of it. I was like, I don't think this t- converter's locked up. So it would get hot if you'd leave it out of overdrive screaming down the road at thirty five hundred RPM. <laughs> right, right. And I didn't want well, I didn't want to drive seventy, but that's just kind of where my Jeep was happy at. Okay. Well, I think I think you said too, like that that trailer was probably what a couple hundred pounds lighter by the time that you picked it up and when we were going down there there were times where like my jeep seemed to be pulling that trailer it was pretty happy at like 60 63 ish but dozer would be like hauling ass doing like 75 and i just i stayed there then after he pulled that trailer he goes you know i'm i kind of feel bad like i'm sorry for just you know taking off like i did it's a it's a torque thing without torque you need speed to to compensate so. Yeah. Well, the uh, some of those roads after you get off the ferry and go through Kentucky are pretty narrow and and windy. Oh yeah. And I Definitely. was going way too fast for him to be pulling something behind me. But uh, we stopped and and ate at Dairy Queen in Fairfield and came the rest of the way home and stopped and got a couple twisted teas on the way home and had some celebratory drinks and and uh, it was pretty cool to we basically had no mechanical trouble at all and, and had an awesome weekend of swimming and wheeling and, and camping. So I, I, after I got home, I would have, I would have loaded up and done it again the next weekend. Like that's how much fun I had. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because we, we don't really get to go out and wheel as much as I feel like we should. But, uh, you know, when, it seems like when we do finally get out, like there's, there's a situation that makes it less than ideal or, or we don't have quite as much fun. So when you actually get out there and you do have a good time, like it just makes everything all, all the hard long nights beforehand just makes it all worth it. Well, and Randy Dawsonbrock told me something that was profound. Okay. He said, you know, some people may think this LBL trip is mall crawler or stupid or, you know, that's not hardcore wheeling. But he's like, those are the trips that make your Jeep better. Because, I mean, we got Jason's transmission fixed. We got his, you know, we got his trailer wiring done. We've got a bunch of stuff done on my Jeep. Like, that would have never happened if it weren't for that trip. When you're trailering it somewhere, like, oh, it'll make it. It'll be fine. yeah. Yeah. So he's like, those are the ones. He's like, then your Jeep is automatically more valuable because you're like, well, I drove it. We ended up doing, um, I did about 450 miles round trip. Jason did about closer to 500, we figured. So, yeah. Which I think we should say, too, that, that I don't know, for years and years, like you and I both had the, uh, the misconception that Land Between the Lakes was kind of like, I don't even know, like there really wasn't a whole lot of like big wheeling down there. And then we started going through there and we're like, there's some of those hill climbs are definitely steep. And we're like, this is a lot harder than like, you know, if you want to make it that way, then we thought that, you know, it would be. The, the, there is some interesting terrain down there for sure. The, the biggest thing is, 
it's every everything's a giant spider web like wind rock or whatever each trail is pretty much individual on its own right mm-hmm. and at lbl everything kind of spider webs so there's really it's very very difficult to navigate because there's so many like i mean you go 50 foot and there's another trail that spurs off right and some are marked some aren't and there's plenty of bypasses and stuff but there's some seriously tough terrain there if you want to go get pretty wild you can and then at the same time like you can be with a group of stock jk's or xj's and they can just take the bypass and you can do the wild stuff and everybody else can kind of do their own little nice little sidebar or whatever so yeah it's it's a pretty cool place i've I've been there a couple times on in a jeep well once in a jeep and a couple times in a side-by-side and and if you don't go on a holiday weekend like you guys did like you can literally pull your toy hauler camper or tent or whatever literally 10 foot from the lake mm-hmm. and your front door is the water's edge and you can go to sleep listen to the lake kind of swishing up on the shore i mean it's a pretty pretty cool place for everybody you know families individuals it doesn't matter like if you're a weekend warrior or a hardcore wheeler or whatever like it's it's a little bit far from where we're at but it's at the same time it's got a lot to offer as far as you know fun for everyone i guess you'd say right. so and there's stuff for, like kids to do you know down there as well so. i said i will say that it, like when it comes to turkey bay as far as like the amenities you know when it comes to camping it's they seem pretty legit like they had bathrooms all over the place and you know everything was kind of seemed like it was pretty marked and i know at least the the main road that kind of went in and out the uh park rangers patrolled that because i know that we were driving in and all of a sudden this this uh, park ranger whipped a ue and i'm like oh my god is he coming after me but he was going after dirt bikes that were speeding whoop, whoop. so they yeah they patrol that pretty good Dozer, so here's a question for you. What was your favorite part of the trip? I would say doing the Lake Edge Trail after we were on the sandbar. I thought that was super cool. That and then pulling back into Effingham and kind of proving not to sound cliche, but kind of proving the haters right, you know. There was like, a like nobody died. Yeah, and there's a lot of people like <laughs> don't even don't even do it. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no way it's gonna work out for you. And well, fine. we we had we had your son's birthday party like the day before, and I don't even know. Like I think it was like your old man was like just hating on the whole idea that whole time. Oh, you guys are dumb. Like you're not gonna like make it. And I was like, wait, what? Like Jason was a little surprised we made it. But he's like, well, I've never driven my Jeep that far. Like, dude, you daily drove your wheeling rig. You collectively you know, have put that many yeah, miles like, on it back and like forth to if work. Anything's good to go. Like, it was your Jeep. Like, I was more worried about my Jeep than yours. Well, I think I was more worried about mine than yours. But I think I told those I was like 80, 20, like 80% will make it. But like 20%, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Because like he said, like, before I hooked up to that trailer, I had no idea what I was going to do. Like. I drive my Jeep back and forth to work, which is like 15 miles one way, if that. So I put 30 miles a day on it, maybe. So to put, you know, 500 miles on a weekend, like I had no idea. And then you also got to keep in it like building my Jeep to the point where it is like mistakes were made, corners were cut. And for instance, like the, uh, the differential, it doesn't differentiate since it's (laughs) welded. I mean, 
Fozzy kinda... lock, technically. <laughs> technically. Well, the, the, no, the, the front's Fozzy lock. The rear is just like basically a spool at this point. The rear is Fozzy so... locked as well. I wonder if anyone's ever found him a lunchbox set up for either one of those axles. Hmm. Hey, it it is. I I've got I've got a Chevy Impala that's sitting outside my garage. That once that's fixed up, that that problem will be rectified. So that's what I've decided. Because I I want to I want to fix things you know that I kind of screwed up in the past and you know make it better. Well, we're getting kind of long in the tooth here, so we'll wrap this up. I uh. You want me to hang up with you or you want to stick with us till the end? Well, that's up to you. I, I can hang up and okay. go finish editing my video. But, video but so. Before you hang up, Jason, what did you okay. learn? Yeah, what did you learn on this episode? What did I learn? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Here, we'll do ours first. You be thinking. Okay. Go ahead, so go ahead Dozer. I learned that buy extra shit for projects Okay. when you're doing them because you'll need it down the road. And uh, don't let your radiators dry out. They'll shrink up. I learned that uh, the vacuum trick works for ponytails and hair ties are too small. Uh, never use scotch locks. There's dino poop at Cave in Rock. And uh, speaking of poop, kids are not deterred by it. They, <laughs> no. will, play, they will play with it. <laughs> what did you learn, Jason? Uh, uh, I guess you could say that I have learned that you know, when it when it comes down to it, you should never uh, put off today or no, put off for tomorrow what you can do today, you know, because then you wind up uh, pulling transfer case multiple times in 100 degree weather when you could have done it in like 70 degree weather. So, you know, then it just becomes more of a, uh, a chore when you're doing it by yourself. Jason, so. Jason's good at learning through pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's how we grow, though, right? Suppose. I, I suppose pain pain is weakness leaving the body or some shit like that Something like that pain is temporary pride is forever is that it good thing about pain is you know you're still alive that's right yep all right jason well thanks for joining us all right well you guys have a good one i'll talk to you later see ya bye all right bye all right now that we got rid of him <laughs> um we have sam's test okay so pb one zero eight a pb 108 a correct oh man is it a punch kind of uh i'm i'm drawing a blank you hit it with a hammer pb 108 a is it the impact driver yes oh Nice. Shit. That's pretty good. Nice. I wanted to give you one hint. Okay. Was it the part number or my hint? Your hint. Okay. Your hint. Because I, I, I've sold I, I've sold that individually like once in my life. I normally uh, do the 208 EPIT, which is the kit with the sockets that that driver uh, comes I in. See. So that's that, that part number I know by heart. 208 EPIT is what we call it. So... Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we were going to do some questions for humans, but we're kind of getting long in the tooth and it's late at night and I'm going to go home. So I still got to do wiring on the GTX. So I woke up at five this morning to work out. So I'm going home. All righty. Well, thanks for riding along with us, guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Overtime See ya. Hours. 
for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me people like you wish I could just wake up and it not be true but it is Just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the old beast milk and welfare What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it's taxed to no end Cause the rich men North the rich men I've been selling my soul Working all day Overtime hours for bullshit pay. 